you're wanting the good life, settle down with a dog. Furry, fun and faithful, they will do what they can. They've been man's best friend since human records began. I tell you, get yourself in the good life. We've a message to follow. Nothing in this world is quite as wholesome and good as living life with a dog. Welcome to Stu's Inspirations, Season 1, Episode 3. And today we are talking to an old friend of mine, someone that I danced with 20 years ago. We went on tour together. We uh, did Panto in Hull together. And she's just gone from strength to strength. Her career knows no bounds. She's become a huge choreographer in the UK and on Broadway. It's the one and only Lizzie G. Hello. Hello, my love. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Oh, I've got a bit of a... Uh, I'm actually a bit flushed from that. I know. I didn't with the thought of how many years. That's I was like, oh my god. Well, it was. I think the first show we did together was probably two thousand, maybe. Yeah, it was. It was nineteen. Yeah, it was two thousand. I think it was two thousand, and I think we. What did we do? I think it was Panto. Panto, and then Looney Tunes, wasn't it? Yeah, Looney Tunes. Would have been before Looney Tunes. Yeah, Panto was first. It was definitely. I'm sure it was. I'm sure I knew you before then, anyway. So we were dancers together. Yes, we were. And the first show, well, the Panto, which I think is the first show we did together, was Jack and the Beanstalk in Hull. Yeah, yes. Oh, my gosh. And who was our star? It was Billy Pierce. Pierce. He did a lot there, didn't he? I mean, he's our northern, our northern uh, friend. Uh, and, and Sue. Oh, God, Sue Douglas. Sue Douglas. I keep seeing her popping up. And Mono, Mono, Maureen Nolan. How could we forget her? Memories. We had so much fun. And I can remember getting that job. And you'd worked for the company quite a few times before, yeah. I think, because it was yeah. it was David Lee. Yeah, Pantoni Pantomimes. Pantoni. Was it Rita Proctor's choreography? And I remember I turned up for the first day of rehearsals and I was literally like, how many moves to a cat? Like, I, I don't think I can do this, Lizzie. <laughs> And you're tall. Like she's a, she's the same height as me, Rita. I'm only five foot. I'd say five foot four is my lying uh, height. Five foot three and three quarters. And uh, and you can just about fit however many many moves in a fast count because you're little and you can get around the. But when you're tall, Ugh. it's really hard. It was honestly. I used to go home literally crying. I was so. And I remember we did because it was Reach for the Stars was. Yeah the big hit that year yeah and we did a dance to that and I can still remember I can still remember half of it it was literally crazy but it was weird because I remember getting used to her choreography I feel like once you work with a choreographer and I don't know if you can confirm this or deny this because obviously now <laughs> now that you're really like up there with the choreography do people get used to it I think uh well you audition people that get you I think, and I think maybe Rita auditioned us, and I had to work for her a lot. So in comes an appearance of a dog, um, and uh, and I think you then get someone's style very quickly, and then you end up working for that person because they you get them and they get you. I think that's yes, I think you're right. Because uh, I actually did choreograph. Hello, I just need to I need to stop everything. Needs to stop as soon as everything the stops. All about Baxter. <laughs> Yay! Hi, Phil. Hi, yeah. How you doing? You're right. How's it going? Yeah. Nice to meet you. <laughs> oh, look, Baxter. Who's Baxter. That? 
So tell me about Baxter, Lizzie and Phil. We've totally (laughs) gone off subject very quickly because Dodd came in. This is Baxter. And we got Baxter on the day that we went from tier two to tier three to tier four within 24 hours. You know, when we were on that Saturday, everyone got told like, we're coming out to, we're going into three on Saturday and we're coming out of three Saturday evening and we're going into four midnight Saturday night. We were in the car driving to York. Our two boys had no idea, absolutely no idea that, that he was arriving because it was a massive surprise to them and uh and we heard it on the radio we had friends looking after our boys going i need to get to manchester i've got to leave now i've got to leave yeah. my children now i've got to get to manchester who were like okay i need to find someone else to sit in my house with the that I mean, it was like snatch and grab a puppy is what it felt like <laughs> that one will do i'll have that one bye grab. Snatch and grab a yeah puppy. and then we went we got in from a lady in york a breeder in york um and he is mummy is a cockapoo and Daddy is an Australian miniature Labradoodle. Oh, wow. Technically, they call them an Aussie Doodle, I think. Yeah, Australian Labradoodles are the, the I think they're quite sought after. Like, people like an Australian Labradoodle. Well, yeah, and because they're, they're the therapy. therapy dogs. So I'm, I met a guy in the summer um, who had had an, you know, went straight to the owner and was like, your dog's so cute, your dog's so cute, what breed is it? What everyone says. And um, and he then said it's an Australian miniature Labradoodle. And then he he's a head teacher. He chose this breed specifically as their therapy dogs. Uh-huh. And he said they are, they're quite rare, although now they're becoming, hence they're becoming quite sought after. They're quite a rare breed. They've, they're not, they've not been around for a very long time. And he said that, that he takes it, he had to get special permission from the council to take his dog into school. And now his dog is uh, the school dog who looks after children who need care and have anxiety issues. And um, and he really has that trait. Like he's got the crazy cockapoo in him too when he really wants to start eating your shoes. But he's really calm and all he wants is cuddles. So he kind of picks up on the his sort of environment and if someone needs a little bit of security he understands you know I've got a standard poodle and he's I think that's the part of it because if me and James have like not that we have arguments obviously life is literally like a good life here life's bliss (laughs) life is bliss but if we have a row or if we raise our voices at all he's like Oh no, it can be yeah. the smallest little, tiniest little change of tone in our conversation. And he, Ralph, 100% knows. Yeah, one of the boys was got a bit upset the other day, our, our kids, and, and he hurt himself and he went straight over. And yeah, they do. They go for cuddles. They See know. And, they, and also they, they know apparently puppies really very quickly understand the order of the house. So who's in charge? Who's number one? Who's number two? And they understand that there's children involved. And that apparently it's, it's something that's second nature to them. They, they get it. Yeah. I mean, he loves sitting with the boys. He sits. He, if, if me or Phil aren't paying him any attention, he'll go and find one of the boys and okay. he'll go and try and nuzzle in with them and sit with them. But generally... He just wants love. He just I mean, wants he love. Just really wants to be cuddled. Yeah. Don't we all? Don't we all feel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Don't we all? <laughs> Lockdown cuddles. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he has been. Yeah. He's the it's best. Amazing. He's the best. He's. So is it? Would you say it's? Has anything come as a surprise to you, or are you? Is everything exactly as you thought it was going to be? I think he's pretty easy. Like I do think we could have had potentially a slightly a nightmare puppy like a friend of Arthur's uh 12 year old or soon to be 12 year old he's got a cavapoo only two weeks younger than Baxter they look identical they look identical oh, really? and uh but there's a bit more mental the dog is a bit more like wired and slightly like will only recall when um he's not with other dogs whereas Baxter recalls quite well 
when he's around playing with other dogs. Oh, no, that's really. And I wonder whether that's a nature thing. Like, I think we've just got quite a good natured dog. Have you seen any shedding? No, nothing, nothing. at all. No, and I brush him pretty much every day or every other day. We have a good comb and a comb through, and then a brush. And he looks like a he poofs out and then yeah. shakes it all out yeah. and then goes curly. Yeah. But um, he's really good with me grooming him and you know, handling him. That's so. really, really good. Really, really. Make sure you touch his feet a lot. We Loads do. of that. He's got big paws. Yeah. I'm like, gonna is he going to be big? But he, well, he could, Labradoodle. It's the Australian Labradoodle. It depends. It depends yeah. on what side of the fence that coin falls. <laughs> but yeah. he's got a miniature. Is the dad is the miniature. So I think... Well, their growth plates stop at eight months, so you've got a little oh. while to go. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, well, that's good to know, isn't it, Baxter? They can still get sort of wider and stronger. Yeah. But generally, the growth plates stop at eight months, oh, so you shouldn't get know. much taller. And you know, this, at the moment, he's got a puppy coat, so yeah. that's going to change. I know. I think it might get lighter, actually, because he's got, like, highlights yeah you know like it's dark at the root and then lighter so yeah we might change he'll definitely definitely change and when you get to about that time that's when the knots start happening and it's yeah. just really really hard to manage yeah he's had his first puppy groom already and he got a certificate telling him that he was a good boy his first little bit of haircut and, oh uh, that's really good yeah no he was he and she said to me that he was brilliant she just went he didn't didn't want he was absolutely brilliant yeah and do you know what that's really really important because i always say to people that you're setting him up for life he's going to see a groomer because of his coat more yeah. than he sees a vet as long as everything's yeah. good um yeah. so it's worth doing starting it really really early and just getting yeah. it really regular because yeah. so that he knows what is happening he understands it when i take ralph to the salon he jumps on a table i just say turn around and he turns around turn around the other he just give me a paw he does it all for me yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, very it's good it's so distracting though i mean it's brilliant but you do spend your time going Oh, I'll do that in a minute. I'm just having a love with my poppy. So they just sit in your lap and then you're like, I'll, I'll do, I'll send that email in about an hour after I've just had, like, they just pass time. If they go to sleep and you have to do something, they're on top of you. Yeah. You're like, I can't move. He's asleep. I'm sorry. I can't move. Yeah. I can't move. Can't. I, can't answer, I can't cook dinner. I'm sorry. I have a dog on my lap. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best excuse. Absolutely. So I saw the other day that you were teaching, was it Rufus? Yes. Yeah. My um, eight-year-old. He was doing his tap oh classes. I mean, I only started to teach him in May. So he's always asked, you know, mummy, I want to tap dance. I'd like to tap dance. And he, he does really look up to what I do. Like he's yeah. been dancing with me since he was three and he comes to my dance school. Um, and he goes to a school in Surbiton here because I don't want to be the only trainer for him. I think it's important that he has other teachers. Um, but tap, I'm a little bit like protective of because it's my, my art form. <laughs> I'm like, no, only mummy can teach you to tap. And now he's like, after like the first month of lockdown, he's like picking up steps. And you can see when a child has a natural ability to something, um, he's very coordinated and he just took to it really quickly so then and we dipped off a bit and then I started to work at the end of this year I did some work so I sort of had stopped teaching him and then at the beginning of this year I was like oh, we've got to get those tap shoes back out again we've got to you know get going and he's just he's got it like you know brilliant. He, he's brilliant at it very lucky yeah and I, I do tell him this would cost a lot of money if you were paying for mummy <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly don't you realize how lucky you are yeah, I'm gonna take this out of your bank balance no but he yeah he but he loves it and he we tap together we're like a little 
you know, Fred and Ginger, I love it. I love teaching him. It, it shows in your videos. It oh. show, are they public, your videos, anywhere? They are, they are, yeah. Have my you Instagram got a YouTube channel? I don't have a YouTube channel, but um, my Instagram is Lizzie G1. So look at Lizzie G1 and go and see this. Honestly, it's fantastic. Yeah. And does Baxter ever, do you ever let Baxter into your studio or does you know he... What? Yeah, I uh, so ha we had the studio built in the summer uh, in a in a slight crisis of we can't see. I was doing so much zooming, it, you know, lockdown one, and then through yeah. the summer, and I, I did like I think before when it got to the end of the spring half term last year, I worked out I'd done about 105 hours or something like that of online teaching, which is great and fine and mm. was a w means to an end of earning as well, um, because obviously theatres were shut down, but. Um, I was in the kitchen doing it and then the boys are trying to work or I'm trying to tell everyone to be quiet because mummy's teaching. We had this plan in the future to get a studio built at the back of our garden and we just were like, this is ridiculous, why are we waiting? Is We literally need to do it now because we don't know how long this is going to go on for. So a friend of a friend, another industry person, her husband makes studios and, and he came around and made it sort of to, to my spec, to our spec and within a few months I had a studio in my garden and now, I mean, thank goodness that we did it because who would have thought back then I'd be needing it even more right now? I mean, I'm in there, it is my man cave as well. <laughs> I'm just going to go to the studio and do another Pilates class. But um, I do spend my life in there teaching, teaching Rufus, teaching other children on Zoom, teaching my dance school, or like just training myself. And you also don't you do a class like Joe Wicks? I do. I, yeah, I was doing a lot of Keep Fit, and I do Keep Fit on Mondays, so for adults. And uh, I think because I've been training myself through sheer boredom, and actually I do love fitness. I do love it. It's you know I love to eat a lot of food so I have to balance that out uh, but that's okay they're both passions and I fulfill them with 100% eating yeah. and fitness um, and uh, so I I've started to do a lot of yeah I don't keep fit on Monday nights and the other day I did one on this Monday and a few people text me going yeah it's getting harder <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I'm really sorry I need to like, step it back a bit but, um, but Baxter every time I go into the studio he is if he's out in the garden having a you know a run around or a or whatever he comes straight up the steps he's at the studio going i want to be in there with you mummy and he's like phil says to me on a monday night when i'm teaching he just barks because he sees me because it's dark outside and then the light is on at the end of the garden and there's mummy prancing around and he, he sees me in there and he wants to be with me but he ca he has come in a couple of times and the first time he came in he got onto the yoga mat he rolled in his back and he weed Oh, great. It was like, hallelujah, she's let me in. Woohoo! And he just. Yes! I need to mark it immediately. He totally marked it. And I was like, you lit. Yeah, yeah. He was soon out of there. So I have to be careful letting him in because I think he'll start chewing at my mat. And yeah. Does he, um, does he mark? in lots of places because obviously you you mentioned the wee in but because has he yeah. got his balls still obviously he's still got his balls or he hasn't got them yet maybe well, hasn't got them yet no he he oh here's the thing we need to try and do is he's he was we got him when he was 13 weeks because i couldn't get him earlier just because of the I was still working on a show and I needed to take a weekend to get down to York to get him. Yeah. Um, so he was a little bit older. So he his bladder was stronger. So he was going through the night anyway. I was yeah. going to bed like midnight and then we'd be up at seven and he hadn't wet, wet the crate or anything. But um, we's in the house have got better. But from time to time, he will, there's a mat we've got in our kitchen. And that's often where we go, oh, <laughs> you see yeah. the little wet patch. And it's either because we've been lax at not 
not looking at the time and realising that he's not had a wee in a while. Or he's just, um, he doesn't go and bark at the door. So he doesn't, so sometimes he'll stand in the evening, you can totally tell when he needs the toilet, because he's in one position on the sofa, flat out, being cuddled, and the moment he jumps off the sofa, out, just out of a deep sleep, you go, it's well, fine. I know why I know why he's getting up and he's a wee. It's the same with me. If I get up in the night, I need a wee. Yeah, and that, and you kind of go, well, that's what he's doing. He's needs a wee. <laughs> but in the daytime, it's us trying to just clock, you know, how long has it been? Or sometimes he will stand at the door, but there's no scratching at the door. There's no right. barking. He just stands and sort of looks at it a bit, and then you open it, and he doesn't go, or or he does go. So a friend of mine's a friend of mine's got a dog, and she's trained. She's put a you know those bells that you get in receptions of. Um, oh yes, yes. She's trained that. him to every time he wants a wee. He wow. presses the bell. Isn't that amazing? That is incredible. That is incredible. <laughs> we've, got, we've got him at, um, he started last week at puppy training um, because obviously the training is difficult within the lockdown environment at the moment. And the course I had signed him up to had to cancel. And there's a lot of online training at the moment, but like, I was a bit like, I'd quite like to be out in a field doing it rather than like in my kitchen, forward and back, forward and back, forward and back. And yeah. also another dog for him to distract him with. So I found somewhere which is on a meadow and it's one-to-one, -one, but there's one other coach with another train with another dog. Oh, so that's good. Quite good. Um, so I'm doing that with him. And uh, so we asked about going to the toilet with her and she said maybe in the morning, put him on the lead when he comes out of his crate. And yes, he'll want to go straight out, but you just wait. You hold him in. You let him let him basically hold his bladder hold yeah. until he's going. I want this door to open, and then when he sees that it's that action that implements the opening door, rather than just the magic opening door, that he doesn't connect because he can't look up. So he doesn't look up to you pushing the handle down. He just sees this door opens whenever you, he walks towards it, yeah. like magic. So she said that he needs to see that it's his action causes your reaction. I mean, it's the same, I think it's the same with everything. It's a bit like me saying that Ralph jumps on the table. It's repetitive. We have to just, you know, every time we go in there, I want him on the table. I've got to give him a scissor cut. Yeah. Jumps on the table and he knows what he has to do. And it's like over the years, it's just got, that's what I have to do when I'm here. He understands. Yeah, yeah. So it's probably the same. And have you noticed when you're out walking, does he try and, does he wee funny? Like, does he try and get high? No, he goes, he's right, he's still like squatting. Oh, he's still squatting. Still squatting. Yeah, it's like, he, yeah, he's like straight down into a plie. There's no no leg cocking at the moment. This is quite cute. <laughs> Honestly, when they first do their first ever leg cock, it's like a it's like a moment That's as a dog owner. She's like, oh my gosh, he's become a man. It's <laughs> such a funny thing. Yeah. So, do you ever take your dog to rehearsals, or oh, you, you haven't yet? Yeah, will you? You know what? I would have done. I mean, one of the the, the reason for getting him, we've been wanting a dog for a long time. I say we, we've all been wanting a dog. Phil is the practical person in our family, and quite rightly so, that goes, this is before pandemic. Yeah. This is where he goes, we are always out of the house, we are always working, we are always either not working then on a holiday because of, you know, needing a break. How on earth can we look after a puppy? Train a puppy, begin to, you know, have a puppy. It's never going to happen until the kids are old enough and we've calmed down with work. And so we were like, no, 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 it would be nice. Wouldn't it be nice? But we can't do it. And daily, daily, the boys would ask, when can we have a dog? When can we have... It was like oh, a wow. daily conversation, even though they always knew the answer would be never, practically <laughs> never. You borrow. Other... So in the summer, no, beginning of lockdown one, we did borrow my doggy. 
which was pretty oh. good. And uh, ladies in the village, in that ad village in Thames Ditton here, we're by the river, and everyone's got a dog. And even more now, everyone's got a dog. Like, there's lots of dogs in the village. It's great for walking and, and what have you. And we found two cockapoos um, who were on this Borrow My Doggy site that live around the corner. And we'd have them loads like they'd come and stay the night or we'd take them out for like a 20 minute walk or a four hour day or spend the weekend with you i mean they're so relaxed and and very lovely um couple they were quite happy for their dogs just to be passed from pillar to post basically so um so we were borrowing these dogs and having the experience and going well this is the fix this is what we need to do and this is all, all we need to get us through the, the boys needing a dog and then I I did a lot of research, even though I was always being told it can never happen. I secretly on the sideline did quite a lot of like, let me just email this breeder. Let me just find out if this puppy's available. Like, I did all that and, you know, nothing came of it, but it was quite a useful practice to put in. And then I started doing a Christmas Carol at the Old Vic, which is its fourth year of doing the show. And we did it in camera this year because uh, of all the COVID protocols. And Matthew Watchers, who's the artistic director of, of the Old Vic and the director of Christmas Carol, he uh, he's often gone, oh, bring your dog to work or bring your puppy to work. So um, not to every actor, but he's really uh, sort of quite relaxed about, he loves dogs and loves children. So, um, and I sort of made a joke going, oh, you know, if I'm constantly working at the Old Vic, then I'd be all right with the puppy because I could just take it into work. Um, and ironically, we hadn't got the dog by this point, but there were about four members of the creative team that had dogs. But because of COVID, they weren't allowed to bring them in. And even, even Matthew wasn't allowed to bring And he'd just been given, just been bought a new puppy. So he's now got two dogs and he got a puppy off his family for his birthday. And I was like, you're the busiest man on the planet and you get two dogs and I'm not allowed one. So I was like, right, if you can have a puppy again, like a second dog, then I can, we can do this. So I came home that night and had a very heated debate with Phil about how is the most, you know, busiest director in, uh, in the theatre industry, which is currently all locked down, able to have two dogs and we can't have one. <laughs> so uh, we, we did the whole like talking it through, talking about the future, what may happen when we get back to work and who would look after it and how would we afford it? And I was doing the whole, well, if we're working, then we can afford the dog trainer. Or I mean, you know, the dog uh, dog walkers. And if we're on holiday, maybe you could ask your mum. You know, and so and she's adores Baxter. Phil's mum loves Baxter. Is she, near, is she nearby? She's in Camberley. Yes, yeah, so oh. she's about thirty minutes. And uh, and she's had dogs all her life, so she's like you know. And then the next day, he went to see his mum. We'd ended on a slight disagreement to agree so we never came up with a solution that it was going to happen and then I got a text in the theatre the next day I was at work and Phil was at his mum's house and he just put okay and that was it he just put okay and he put uh we have to draw up a contract with the, with the family and I was like okay great and then within 24 hours I'd found the dog I found the breed I was like okay hang on a minute it's like at work like literally like dog 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 of course you had it's you that's what you yeah. would do 100 i am because he let that little window of opportunity yeah. happen and i think his mum sort of quite rightly said like we're not going to get back to sadly i mean it's obviously not great times for our industry right now but it's going to be a, another six months we know that our shows are all getting pushed back to august and phil hasn't worked for a year and a half because he does big brand new musicals it's not just like bringing something out that's been done before he does new material um, I've only managed to work last year in film and television, which is why I had an opportunity of working. But theatre is just difficult, and um, and we've we've have got about six or seven months of 
being around. And it is like, shall we have a baby? That's kind of what it feels like. We, we are bringing a baby into our, and they need our attention and they need our training and they need our love. And, and we need to be around. We can't just be going, putting him in the crate for five hours and going off to work as a puppy. Exactly. So, and we knew we had this window and it was like, it was a bit like, it's now or never. Because actually, if we waited till next year, game over. We it was the back. perfect time. So, yeah, I think it, 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 it feels like it's... Um, it's definitely the perfect time, I'd the say. the perfect time. So, and then Phil's mum had also said, you know, I was working for about eight, uh, eight or nine weeks. And, and really, I was out of the house all of last sort of October, November, December. And he was on his own a lot. And Baxter would have been great company back then. And we are, as much as we love being with each other... It's just me and him. The boys are homeschooling. They're off doing their, what they need to do in their separate rooms, doing their schooling. And me and him are like twiddling our thumbs. And we've got this little person that's looking at us like, I, I need a little bit of you. And he keeps us company and he changes the subject and he gets us out and he makes us walk and he makes us, he actually gets us out. He gets so he's out. basically, he's, he's your companion. You're both of your companion. He gets you out. He's, he's, do you think that uh, this whole lockdown and obviously you both being in the theatre industry, has it really affected your mental health? Um, obviously you were, I know you work an awful lot. You both work, yeah. but you just said Phil, <laughs> yeah. Phil was a year and a half. Yeah, it, it has. And I think, you know, uh, we, I think we can recognise in every, every one of us in the stages of this lockdown one. Oh, it's like 30 degrees. It's fine. I'm going to sit out. <laughs> I needed some time off anyway. Like, this is what I need. This is a calling. And then like months on, okay, now I really need to work. Okay, now the weather's gone bad. Okay, now I'm depressed. So yeah. like, there is all that, you know, like it was fine at the beginning. Like, let's, you know, let's all stand and clap the NHS. And, you know, and, and I guess, <laughs> you know, we all listen to Boris's talks at five and we let's all unite and, and fight this thing. And then, and, and obviously some people's lives have kind of gone back to normal apart from they're not in pubs and they're not seeing their mates but they're still working some people but that's really difficult if they've got kids at home that they're trying to educate um even for me uh, because i'm an actor and also a dog groomer it was re the reason really for me was to do dog grooming was because i was spending so much time out of work that i wanted to do something that i loved rather than you know i used to work in that box office in leicester square which i really enjoyed doing but it wasn't what I, it wasn't something i adored yeah. And I yeah. found that I was a little bit envious of people that were on the stage. I just, I thought it wasn't a good mental headspace for me to be in because I always thought oh, I can do better than that. And that's not a good way. Do you know what I mean? A way to, for mentally, for me, it's not the way I should be. Yeah. So I, and I, even now, my friends and my husband and everyone I know that knows me, you all know this about me. Um, if I don't do one job, uh, one job a year, because I still audition, I still, you know, I do quite a lot of fringe. I still do uh, musicals here and there. If I don't do anything, even if it's down to a play reading, it can be a yeah. small, short thing. I end up getting quite antsy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I need to perform. I've got to do it. It's in my heart. I've always been that person. And so I found it quite even though I've obviously got my businesses and yeah. I'm always busy, I need that creative outlet. Well, it's not even a financial thing. I mean, <laughs> you know, we we have been fortunate enough to sit in the bracket of getting government funding, um, but so many friends of ours haven't, and especially musicians. You know, they they've gone above that category, and they and you know, or people with limited companies. We and Phil set up a company together a week before lockdown, but no money went into it. And it was only a week. So it wasn't like yeah. three years of having a company. If we had have had that company three years ago, we would have had not a scratch. Well, know? I've had my company for 12 years, my dog grooming company. It's a limited company and I've yeah. got nothing. <laughs> just 
because you chose to do something wise yeah. for your, you know, I mean, it's for your business. And I think it's, uh, I think when you're saying about that need to perform, it's not a, it's not a financial need to earn oh. money. It's the, it's the missing the friends at a press night party and going, oh, I saw this person. I'm having a coffee with so-and-so tomorrow. And then it's the, it's the, our social bubble isn't where I live right now. My social bubble is, is our industry and it's, and it's bumping into people you haven't seen in years. Yeah. Well, but weirdly, weirdly for me, when I w- want to do a show, it's, it isn't financial. It's about being able to play a part, to do a, to do, to create, to use something that's completely different to what I do in my day. Like, even though it still is my day to day job, I'd love to get paid well for it, but I don't mind if it's not because it's fulfilling that need for me. Yeah. yeah. And that's not actually talking of showbiz parties. That's the last time I saw you at Made in Dagenham party. Gosh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah, I know. How many more shows? I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy to think uh, when you come, the stuff that we were meant to do last year that has been pushed back into the spring and has now been pushed back into the summer and then it'll be the autumn is to think that Phil won't have worked for over a year and a half. You know, that I I, I managed to do The Grinch and um, for NBC and then Christmas Carol. That was with Matthew Morrison, right? Yeah, uh, I was brilliant. But that job just fed... The, the thing I need and it's and it's actually I'm still living off it even yeah. though like in the normal industry world industry uh, I'd be on to the next gig and that job would have happened and like yeah 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 good lovely see you all bye I'm on to the next and now I'm like still clinging on to those memories that feeling yeah you've got it in it your heart still like it showed me a little light as to what it felt like to be back working you know in the job that I adore and I love doing and no amount of uh online zoom sessions and teaching is ever gonna really fill that, fill that gap yeah. well so, I mean it's a big gap to fill isn't it and then and I know that just very briefly I know you went to Broadway yeah, and did. did and you choreographed what show was that over there that Christmas Carol. so yeah. it, it was such a it's a massive success here in the UK um I don't think really they ever thought that it would be their Christmas season show they would keep bringing it back to the old Vic almost like a pantomime but yeah. um and uh New York wanted it and so it went to New York and then this last so this Christmas that has just gone it was scheduled to do New York and a East Coast USA tour so I was all set for like going oh I'm gonna be like eight weeks here and eight weeks there I was so excited about it obviously none of that's happened but uh, it will be back on Broadway next this no hang on this this year this Christmas yeah and uh, West Coast LA and Vegas oh even better hoping hoping that that will go ahead because i loved my time out there uh and yeah it's like it's a little bit like having a holiday because you're like no kids no husband <laughs> oh you know it's like no food food no. when yeah. i was in when i was in new york it's literally just food everywhere Ninth oh my gosh yeah yeah i mean I, they luckily they we were given a gym for free like gym membership for free so uh we were i did the amount of eating i did i was like i'm gonna have to get up and do something because like it's midnight you're still suffering stuffing. <laughs> did you notice when you're out there how many dogs everyone had because if you go to central park i mean there, there's dogs everywhere and everywhere's dog friendly and i and i wonder if it will happen in this country that eventually we can go to a restaurant i mean there are st- some that are okay now but yeah. can you know majority of the restaurants out there and the, yeah. you know, the diners you uh, yeah yeah, it's so cosmopolitan like that as well, isn't it? So it feels like you, you know, you're welcome anywhere. But that's New York for you. I think not the whole of America is like that, sadly. But New York does feel like a, 
a real bubble of a city to yeah. be living in. Uh, it's not. I mean, I did say to my boys. My boys came out, and we they spent a good. They spent the half term with me. And Arthur, my eldest, fell in love. I mean, fell in love with it. And he was like, "I want to live here." And I was like, "It. It kind of isn't real, though. We could live there. I mean, wouldn't I? Wouldn't live in New York. I was saying to him, we'd live up the Hudson, and we'd be yeah. out a little bit, and we'd live in Westchester. I found out all the places to live as a family, and what schools. Like, I did my research whilst I was there. I was like, just in case, I got a New York agent. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna like put this out there. The feelers, if people want us to move, um, we could do that. But it isn't gonna be getting on a subway every day and like seeing that cool car go past every day. It will yeah. be a bit like like it is here, <laughs> but with American yeah. accents. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I worked there. For, I worked there for a little while, ages and ages ago, and I I wasn't keen. <laughs> like I was always looking forward. I feel like I really love the history of London. I I love British culture, and I think that that's in me. It's part of me. So I loved my time there, but I wouldn't I wouldn't swap it for the world. No, and I think. I do think London is incredible as a city. I mean, we live in Surrey. We're just a bit further out, but I still yeah. feel like I'm in London. It's like, yeah, it's 20 minutes on a train. Yeah. Uh, but it, um, I think with New York as well as I think New York is, you only live there to work. Like it's a working place. And my friends, a very good friend of mine, who's a choreographer, did Dare Evan Hansen and Fun Home. He's become a very good friend of mine. They live in the city and he just went, obviously he's not working. And he was like, New York is not a place to be living in a pandemic. He was like, yeah. I have to work and I can't work. And it's like, that's why we chose to live in New York and not some other, you know, place. He's like, because of work. <laughs> and now the work's not there. So it's even more isolating, really. Isolating, I think. Yeah. Awful. So what's next for you? Do you think do you think the next thing you'll do is Christmas Carol on Broadway and then the tour of the West Coast? Or do you so think? No, that? I think I was meant to do um so I've been offered a job in Birmingham, which is meant to start in May. I mean, you know, who knows? I know, yeah. I'm sort of going, may get pushed back. Uh, I think that the problem is at the moment, and I was on the phone to a lovely producer friend of mine this morning, is that, that no one is really going to take that risk of putting their hand up and going, we're going to be the first people to open once the pandemic's down. Because we don't actually know. And only the ones that are able to work socially distanced and can happily not make profit and they're not new brand new shows which everything that I'm doing is a brand new thing mm. so if they're like you know let's just put Les Mis back on again or let's put Six back on again they know they've worked socially distanced they know they can put the audience into a socially distanced theatre those will be the first ones back when we're allowed to take the next step down of tears yeah. I think after that new material which is what Phil is doing the new Bob Marley musical Oh, wow. It's extremely exciting, but, you know, they got to wait. they got to wait yeah. until they know. And I'm doing a play, which I was in the fourth week of rehearsals for when lockdown happened. We all just, oh, like, wow. left the rehearsal room. And it's it's uh, called Jack Absolute Flies again. So it's at the National. It's Richard by, written by Richard Beam and Ollie Chris. Uh, Thea Sharrock's directing it. It's absolutely brilliant. It's the next One Man, Two Governors. And, you know, when you're sat on a play that could be that next show, that, that went around the world and you don't want to time that wrong in, no. in reopening it. So we've got provisional dates for that starting. And then I'm doing a big opera at um, the E&O. This might, could be my fourth opera there. So I'm doing, um, uh, I don't think I can say actually, but I'm doing an opera. It's a, Gil it's a Gilbert and Sullivan opera. Ooh, so that's and, exciting. Uh, yeah. And, but again, that is, that has been pushed back a year and a half. That's a big old are, bar. That's a big old barn, isn't it? That 
theatre is huge. A big theatre. It's a beautiful... I love it. I love that thing. Gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Yeah. But all those contracts that were last year and then got put into this year and are now moving, they're all just sitting on top of each other because yeah. all the producers are going, August, September, like... Yeah. And you just kind of go, yeah. I mean, you can't really go, yes, I'll put it in my diary and we'll sign the contract now and let's go. Because you, it could move again. Yeah. And the next one could move. And then there might not be a clash. And then there may be a clash. And then you might have to get an associate or not get an associate to help you out. So at the moment, I'm just kind of going with the flow and sort of going, well, I've got to ride the waves. We've got to ride the wave. And we, so it's a, when it comes to mental health, actually last year we did all right, but this year it's slightly harder because the both of us have been told all our work is now pushed back to August, September, opening October. And then that's, we're only in January, well, we're not even out of January. No. And we're like, oh gosh, that's a lot of dog walking. <laughs> like, <laughs> lot, like, you know, we feel like an old retired couple. So, uh, you know, yes, I do my, some teaching online and Phil teaches some, kids. we can't even get people in the house to teach them. I can't get no, anyone in yet to teach them face to face. So I think once that can start to pick up, then we can, you know, feel like we've got a purpose again. But yeah, our we purpose have, look, is better. We have to be positive. We'll get out of this as soon as possible. I'm sure of it. And well, you know, we've got to do it properly. And I think that's, you know, the theatre industry aren't going to want to mess it up. They're going to want to make sure that the cast feels safe, the creative team feels safe, the audience feels safe. Yeah. Um, and that's really important that they do that. You know. Well, fingers crossed for it. Well, thank you very much for talking to me, Lizzie. This has been so lovely. So um, good luck with the next project whenever it may be hopefully august and uh we'll chat get chat again so i expect i'll see you at the next opening of uh the next oh, musical i can't wait <laughs> wait see you later bye if you're wanting the good life settle down with a dog furry fun and faithful they will do what they can They've been man's best friend since human records began I tell you, get yourself in the good life We've a message to follow Nothing in this world is quite as wholesome and good As living life with a dog